You're listening to Nice and Monroe versus the podcast, and we're here to be the podcast and listening to the Knives Monroe podcast. I'm your host, Knives Monroe. How you guys doing? Hopefully you're doing well. Today, I have a longtime friend, you know, one of the first contacts I ever made when I moved to Austin. That's true. Dear friend, Jay Bullington, host, co-host of the Have You Seen This One podcast. And if you haven't heard of it, check it out. Jay, how you doing? I'm doing great, Mice. Thanks so much for having me. And I just want to add that there are some of those episodes that you are in of our podcast, oh, by yes, the way. true. <laughs> I think I, I we talked about um, the Baba Duke. We talked about. Did we talk about Mother? We did. We did. did I don't. No, no, no. You know what? We kept talking about talking about it. That's oh. what we did. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe we, we'll. I don't think we we never actually covered it. We did Mother, and then we did Midsummer. 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 Yeah. And then Midsummer, La La Land. Midsummer. However you want to say that. Yeah. La La Land as well, which I was really excited. Oh, and La La Land. That yeah. was a fun one. That was a fun, that was one. A fun one. Um, that. I remember I went to go see that with a friend, a very dear friend of mine, and we had a movie podcast, and I guess it just didn't work out, and we're still friends, but I, I would give anything okay. to still have that podcast with him. It was called Back Beyond. We did maybe 30 episodes. I wish we did more. And Are they archived? Can we find those? I have to... The way that RSS feed worked is... Uh -huh. I have to pay for the subscription for SoundCloud again to bring them back. But the last episode, oh. for some weird reason, is out there. But huh. I think it's okay. worth maybe paying the, just the first month so I can re-download them. And if with his permission, I'd love to re-share them. I don't know how well they'd hold up, but they were so it's much fun. It's called Back Beyond? It was called Back Beyond, which was... You know what? I rem I rem this wasn't that long ago. I remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was doing it while we were while yeah. I was on your show, for sure. So yeah. I, may, I may have promoted okay. it. I, I actually heard this podcast then. Okay, I forgot. I'm sorry. I forgot the title of That's it. Okay. It's that, been a while. I know. I, and I had so much fun doing it. And I've asked him a few times. It's like going back to to an old lady and you know your your ex girlfriend or boyfriend and being like, "Do you want to get the band back together?" And he's just like, "Nah." I'm like, "Oh, I ruined it." But uh, but I, he took me to see La La Land, and we had okay. uh, Starbucks afterwards. And I broke down in the middle of the Starbucks, crying, my thirty year old Dude. self about just how awe inspiring that movie was and, and joyous and. Oh. I, I mean, we talked about it on our show. The yeah. opening number, I'm not kidding you. A couple of weeks ago, we popped it in just to watch it. And again, the opening number just brings tears of joy to my eyes. Being a former dancer also and watching all these dancers, mm. just looking at all of them and thinking, and just thinking, look, we're in a big Hollywood musical. Yeah. Who would have dreamed that someone would make one today and that I would be in it? You can see the joy on every dancer's face. It's, I just, it just gets to me every time. I wow. love that movie I, so much. I don't think I knew that you were a former dancer. Oh, yeah. that's. I went to college as a dancer. I got a dance scholarship, went to college, and I danced for 15 years professionally. And then it just got to where it just hurt too much. <laughs> yeah. Did, you know, a dancer's there... body is beaten up very young. And it's, it's, it's really, you know, it gets painful after a while. So mm -hmm. I just, I couldn't do it anymore. Do you have residual pain today from it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. My knees will never forgive me. 
<laughs> oh man. Yeah. What were what, on that note? What were some of the highlights and lowlights from your your dancing career? Oh, from dancing? Yeah. Oh my God. Um, some of the well, some of the highlights were being in shows in like theater under the stars shows in Houston. Like I was in Cinderella, and I got to, I was had a featured part in that. You know, was a featured dancer where we had like a, a, a pas de deux, you know, duet, mm-hmm. and um. So that was really a cool thing. Uh, another cool thing was being in the Houston Thanksgiving Day Parade, only because that day was so nutty and crazy that I'll never forget it. It was it was like 34 degrees, and we're wearing these costumes that are like tissue thin. Oh, <laughs> and we're, and we're, we're supposed to be doing a chorus line. Like we look like a chorus line, and we're, and we're, but we're dancing to Vogue. It was just so bizarre. <laughs> Whoa, what? <laughs> wow. And one of, the, one of the worst things that ever happened to me, and I'll never forget this, and my friend Kathy Hill, who – Hello, Kathy. Uh, she, her, that stinker. She, <laughs> I got hired to dance uh, with this uh, dance company, and it's, they were at a Jewish community center, but they were a, a professional dance company. The, um, I'm not going to say the name of it because I don't want to uh, slander this this woman's name. But anyway, um, <laughs> she had created a ballet about Jim Jones and the whole you know Kool Aid thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's a fascinating story. Uh, guess, first guess first thing I think Jim about Jones. is it should be a ballet. That's the word. Oh, my... uh, a ballet, right? Yeah. So <laughs> guess who plays Jim Jones? Me. Wow. <laughs> I'm Jim Jones, okay? And so I got hired. I did it because this woman saw me perform with, with the dance company, and she said, I'm doing a, a – it's only a three-night – we're only doing it for three nights – but uh, it is a paid, you know, position, professional, you know, we're, we're a professional company. And I would very much like you to play the, the lead part in this ballet. And I'm like, uh, okay, oh, that's you know, sure. And I'm thinking, okay, so I got paid more money than I'd ever been paid before, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, to play this horrible part with this horrible choreography where she had things like, I would point a real rifle, not a real rifle, but like a a fake rifle at one of the girl dancers, and she would grab the rifle and pull it toward her and pull it like into her. It's like so obvious. And then later on, I come dancing out with a tray with Dixie cups on it, and to keep the Dixie cups from falling off, they had to put Velcro. So every time one of the dancers ripped one off, the audience could hear, rip! (laughs) So I told my family, I told all my friends, I was like, don't come see this. Do not come see this. It's terrible. It's it's gonna be the worst two hours of your life. Don't you know? Don't do it. Opening night, I come dancing out on stage and grinning in the front row is my friend Kathy, just grinning at me, big as life. She's I'm not like you, bitch. <laughs> wow. She didn't tell you. She didn't tell me she was coming. And, oh my god, it was so funny. How it do was you, so funny. How do you perform a musical that you know is bad? Uh, you just have to turn into that professional, okay, they paid me to do this and I'm going to do my job and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability because no matter, no matter what you're doing, I think it's probably true for actors too. I've Mm -hmm. I've done very little acting, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm responsible for my performance and I'm going to make sure that what I'm giving is a hundred percent or more, Yeah, you know? How do I don't you... think it matters how good or bad it is. Once I got on stage, I'm like, except for that one moment when I saw her, and I almost broke character because she just was grinning at me so big. How it was you... a small theater, you know? And so not only are you dancing, but you're also acting, right? Well, bas- well basically, in this, I was playing a part. So, yeah, I was act- I was kind of dance acting. I, w- I would call it dance acting. I, I have my phone on silent, but it keeps dinging anyway. I'm sorry. That happens. It's cool. The, the, the listeners are going to think it's – it's their phone, and so it's funny to me. <laughs> uh, it, that that makes it funny. Um, how do you, as a 
I mean, because that's acting. So you have acting. It is acting, yeah. How do you... How do you believe in the material? I understand that you t- you put your professional hat on, but how do you make words that you don't believe in come to life? Well, here's the thing. I didn't speak. It's a ballet. It's all dance. Well, okay. So how do you how do you express that through your your body, your I instrument? Just, I just, you know what? I actually after that first moment, <laughs> I kind of just put a wall up between me and the audience, where it was like I was in a four wall room in my head. Oh, where really? I'm not really performing for them. I'm just trying to feel the moment and what's happening with the other characters and stuff. Um, I'm, I, I'm making this sound so much deeper than it was because the way she did this thing, it was so, it was incredibly shallow. So <laughs> it was, yeah, it's, it, like you said, the highlight and low life, that was definitely a low light of my dance career. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. I, 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 maybe you mentioned it once and I, it just kind of went in one ear and out the other. I'm like, well, it's, maybe, it's so long ago. maybe Jay mentioned that he likes to dance, not necessarily that he was a dancer, but you know, especially right now we're in a great depression. I think these musicals, the that's greater what, depression, that's where they came from. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, depression era musicals are some of my favorite films actually like 42nd street and, um, gold diggers of 1933 and all those, I love those things, man. They're awesome. Yeah. What's the Let's expression? There's an expression that if you can't say it, sing it. And if it can't be sung, dance, dance, it. dance, right. Isn't it something like that? Um, I have heard that. Yes. <laughs> there was a, what'd you think about Hamilton? Did you see that? You know what? I'm I am embarrassed to admit that I have not watched Hamilton yet. And I we do have we got Disney Plus. I just haven't been able to sit down and watch it yet, but it's on my it's on my watch list. But yeah. so tell me what your thoughts on it are because I'm worried that being the old man that I am, I'm not going to understand anything they're saying. I don't think so. <laughs> I think you would dig it. Um so I've never seen a play in in real life. I've never seen a musical in real life. Oh, okay. Which I need to. I would love to You've watch. never seen a live musical? Mm-mm. I've never even okay. seen like a theater. I've never seen kids play acting. Dude, there's one that if they're ever doing it in, here in Austin again, you need to go see it. Uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch is a great way to get into musicals. It's modern, it's rock, and mm. it's really, really uh, an amazing experience. I've heard of it. Yeah, that sounds yeah, very It's really good. Is that is that based off of a movie or something? It's also no. It was a it was a an off Broadway show first. It was oh. like a cabaret act first, actually, and then it turned into an off Broadway show, and then it it did get turned into a movie. John Cameron Mitchell wrote he writes he wrote it he directed it and he stars as Hedwig and he is absolutely remarkable. He's wow. just remarkable. Um, Keith, you know, my co-host of Keith course. Carcino on, on the podcast, uh, I made him watch this musical and he was like, Oh God, a musical, a musical. And he, actually that is the fa- his favorite movie I've ever made him watch. Wow. It's that good. Yeah, Holy shit. It, it blew him away. He's like, I did not expect to like it. He said, the music was amazing. It moved me. It made me laugh. It, it was like, I, you know, made him like tear up and it's, it's an amazing experience. Uh, the only weird thing about it is that for some reason, my husband hates it. <laughs> So you guys are kind of you have opposing views apparently. You don't love all sometimes, the same things. Yeah, sometimes he's you know I'm a as you know I'm a huge horror movie fan. Yep. Um, and um, he's at, over the you know we we've been together uh, like God it's almost twenty three years ago that we met. It's amazing. Wow. But um, he over the years he's gotten more used to watching like gore and stuff because it's always I've always got it on the TV. But he, he does not prefer that at you, all. You, you know, wore him down. Like that. Is what you're saying. You wore him I down. I really did. Okay, I, I admit it. I admit it. I wore him down. What's his What's his favorite movie? 
What's his favorite movie? Yeah. Okay, that it could be. I'm. I'm hmm. Okay, it could either be Meet Me in St. Louis mm. or Goodbye Lover. Wow. Which is more. Which is much more obscure. Uh, he loves both of those movies when I put them. Also, he loves How to Marry a Millionaire with mm-hmm. you know because we, we love uh, Mar- uh, Marilyn Monroe and mm-hmm. also Marilyn Monroe. Um, no, no. Also, oh, oh, also, Marilyn Monroe. Uh, Gentlemen prefer blondes because Jane mm-hmm. Russell is so good in that one. Wow. So he 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 enjoys the old musicals with me. He likes those. Yeah. Um, he loves mysteries. Uh, he's just not. Sometimes I'll be watching a movie and he'll just he'll just outright say that's disgusting and walk out of the room. <laughs> Really? Well, what oh, about yeah. what about at the theater? Has he ever walked out of the theater? No, no, no. But I've never taken him with me to see something that I knew was going to be, and I usually know ahead of time because I read about all these movies, you know. So I've never taken him to the theater no knowingly where something was going to be awful. Uh, usually, at the theater we have a great time. Except, <laughs> oh god, and I've, I've people have yelled at me about this. We went to see Titanic together, mm-hmm. and we both hated titanic <laughs> what and have you re have you rewatched it i've tried i could not get through it why i just the, rewatched the, it recently during this lockdown really? it's delightful i i can't stand the way you know okay when was this supposed to be set what, what is it like 1910 yeah, when is so, it something like okay. that okay yeah mm-hmm. okay they talk like they're in the bronx right now <laughs> yeah yeah the dialogue is so so wrong for the era mm-hmm. that every moment in fact one of my favorite parodies of it um i'm a big fan of french and saunders who they're a british uh comedy duo they're women and uh saunders jennifer saunders she's the other she's the one who did absolutely fabulous if you oh, know that show. yeah yeah i, I okay. watched it well the idea from absolutely fabulous came from a french and saunders sketch because they're, they're a sketch show and uh-huh. they're hilarious well they also one time did a parody of titanic and Don French played Leonardo DiCaprio, and every five minutes she'd go, "Ah, shit, Rose." <laughs> yeah, I got. And you. I'm like, "Yeah, that's pretty much." It just, it just, it was so alarmingly out of place for me. I could not get over that. Of course, I also hated Avatar, so maybe it's a James Cameron thing. I don't know. It might be. I like his early stuff though. It might be like a super when James Cameron is being very broad. You probably don't like that. Yeah, I I mean I enjoyed his early stuff and I love The Abyss. I think The Abyss was a highly underrated film. Yeah. Terminator. I, I, oh, Terminator. Well, Come on. hell, yeah. It's yeah. classic, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and um Aliens too. Yep. You know, Aliens. I yeah. I'm a huge fan of that movie. So it's his early stuff is fine, but you know, also he's become so arrogant that I just don't even want to hear his name anymore. I get you. No, <laughs> you I know? get you. In a weird way I kind of feel like uh, he could bring big movies in a big way back. I don't know if the next five Avatar movies is exactly what we need right now, but I think he makes movies for the for the world, you know, not just for America. Not just for America. Yeah, and, 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 and I of do course, appreciate and, that. And part of that is just wanting to appeal to everyone and, and make them happy. And part of that is just wanting to make as much money as possible. <laughs> I'm sure. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, he's he says he's made like what three three sequels that are going to be that he's been working on three sequels to this movie all this all these years, and it's like, yeah. I just I laugh to myself, and I just I laugh to myself and think, wouldn't it be hilarious if for all these years he kept saying that, and saying that, and, and, he, and every day he's at home going, oh my god, I got to start, oh my god, I got to start. <laughs> oh it would be the new Chinese democracy from Guns N' Roses that never came out. Um, 
That would be funny. So real quick, I want to go back to Hamilton. So I've okay. never seen a play. I mean, I've seen pieces here and there, but I'd never sat through it. So this was as close as it's ever been for me. And I really enjoyed it. Like I really, and my wife hates musicals. She hated La La Land. Like the first, really, the first fifteen seconds, she was out. She was really? just like, she was like, no, I can't believe. Are they doing this? Are they actually going to do this? And I was like, this okay. is a musical. What do you? What's wrong with you? But uh, I jokingly, when when I'm <laughs> when I'm being an asshole, you know, I'll tell her, you just don't like Joy. You're not a fan of Joy. Uh, um, but she, she'll never hear Tell her this. Jay says yes. <laughs> she just, I, I don't know. But so I watched Hamilton. I just put it on because it's, it was like a cultural, you know, zeitgeist mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. And I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. It was just so beautiful. And also, I, have to watch this today. I really love watching people at the peak of their, I don't know, ta- talent or yeah, like yeah. A, a, yeah. just really be it's exciting isn't it it looks per- like these performances are perfect i can't even fathom the the hours that went into that production so oh, it's okay. long you're making me excited to go to watch it i think it, i might watch it later it's, today it's yeah. long so feel free to to watch the first half and then see the second half some other time or something like if it, break it up yeah yeah if, it. if you have to <laughs> but um i i didn't know anything about lin-manuel miranda i didn't know really anything about who alexander hamilton is or why i should care but um it it, it hooked me, man. and But I also think I'm a sucker for anything that's well done. Like, I, I could have watched any musical, and I think it would have suckered me in. Maybe except mm-hmm. for Cats. I don't get Cats. I don't even like Cats as as animals. Um, so I, I'm not a oh, cat no, I, person. I like the animals, but the play I have never liked, except that one song is – that one song is beautiful. It it's has, a beautiful – Memory. Memory is a beautiful song. Yeah. You can't make a whole play around one song. Right. Because all the other songs are crap. They are crap. I did, <laughs> I did go to see. Oh, they're terrible. And yeah. this this incredible composer made this crap. It's just like you know, it just goes to show you every artist has a bad day. You know. Sure. But yeah. I went to see Cat the movie at the theater. And I'm sorry. for one thing, and this is this is way before the pandemic. Okay. Yep. For one thing, it was it was uh, six o'clock in the evening. Okay. You know, should be packed. I'm the only person in the theater. <laughs> wow. Wow. I was the only one there. And so I was able to laugh out loud as much as I wanted to at how bad this thing was. That was I, – I had to see – you know, I had uh, – I went to saw the Alamo because I've got that Alamo season pass. So it didn't cost anything extra to go see it. I'm like, what the heck? Let's go check this out, you know. I laughed my ass off. Oh, my God. It was so bad. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a movie that you don't leave the theater because it's so bad you're laughing and you're enjoying how bad it is, you know? Yeah, it's insane. I, I don't understand. Like, actors, I have to remind myself, there are exceptions, but, like, actors, by and large, in Hollywood, like, aren't really smart people, I don't think. <laughs> like, I, I don't really think they're the place where you should get I, your news or something. Like, how yeah. do they think these were good choices at all? I, well, and, you know... Um, I was talking to Owen Edgerton one time, you know, Master Pancake and, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah. filmmaker. And, um, and he's like, you know, nobody sets out to make a bad movie. <laughs> you know, nobody's nobody's like, oh, we're going to try to make this as bad as possible. Uh, or, or I, 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 he says nobody. I'm like, most people. Yeah. yeah I most think people, people I think need... most people making a movie, they, they want to make it as best as they can, right? Sure. As someone who's made a bad movie, like, I can honestly say that – the director should assume full responsibility, but also you need a good 
solid group around you to tell you, dude, what is this? Why are you doing this? And you need to have enough humility to listen to them and Absolutely. say, oh, yeah, you know, that, I think that's important. I same, think that's important. Same I, director. Did you see uh, Les Mis with yes. Hugh Jackman? And I thought I didn't really like that movie either. And I thought I the performances like were bad. Um, I thought Anne Hathaway was good. I thought she was acting her little butt off. That's what I'll yeah. say. She acted her ass yeah. off for sure. I think she was acting and the rest of them were just, they almost, I mean, I hate to say this about you, Jackman, but they all seem to just be going through the motions. And what's, what's his name? The guy, uh, Russell Crowe, Russell Crowe. Oh my God. Why do you hire Russell Crowe for a musical? I don't know. Why do you hire these actors that can't sing at all for, I don't, I've never understood that. Why do you hire an actor that can't sing for a musical? It makes yeah. no sense whatsoever. And there's so many talented actors that can sing. Yeah. You know, there's so many of them out there. God, that, go to Broadway. There's thousands of them there. That movie is so bad that oh, Eddie, Red, was, Eddie Redmayne, an actor I do not do not like to look at, is one of the uh, best parts of that movie. Like he, he, I know you're talking about, and you're right. I don't like his face. I don't know what it is. I feel bad because like, he's pretty, I guess. But I just don't. I don't want to see him in anything. It's weird. Uh, I feel that way about certain <laughs> about certain actors. But um, yeah, uh, please watch Hamilton. It's uh, it surprised me. You might not like it. I don't think it's like. I mean, I don't think theater's there to reinvent a wheel. It's not going to be something you've never seen before. I don't think. I think it's very accessible, and the songs are great. Well, that's what I hear, and and my friends who like 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 that I used to dance with, and people I was in musicals with, and stuff that I'm still in touch with, they're all like, "Jay, why the hell haven't you watched this yet? You're gonna love this." It, and they are all saying that it feels very fresh and new to them. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you know we used to do all the old, you know, you know we were in Oklahoma and all that stuff, you know. Yeah. <laughs> So they're they're saying that they keep telling me, and now you've said this, and I'm gonna have to check it out. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Check it out. I mean, it's you have nothing to lose. It's on Disney Plus. Um, yeah, and I've already, I've already got. I said one time on the show, I'm, um, I'm like, I'm not giving Disney any more money. I'm not getting Disney Plus. And and a, a friend, let's just say that a really good friend sent me a private message, and I have Disney Plus now. Okay, let's just say that. I gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha. I have maybe eight or ten streaming platforms, and I pay for like two of them. <laughs> it's just what it is but yeah I, keith I, and i share stuff keith and i share stuff all the time too yeah we're uh, it's, and uh, they they've got to know that i mean surely everybody course. all these companies know it yeah you know yeah it's totally fine i'm sure they yeah. count it in and th they'll be fine disney oh, yeah. will be okay yeah um yeah, disney's gonna be all right <laughs> tonight we're doing like a last weekend we did a movie night and we saw my my kids had never seen Nightmare on Elm Street, the original, and it was great. Oh, That's a really what good did they movie. Think? Um, I think they had fun. They weren't scared. I wanted it's them, not, yeah, yeah, I wanted them to be scary, but they they had fun, and it moved a little slow for my daughter, but she's impatient, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and tonight we're gonna watch the original Evil Dead. Oh man! Yeah. And they have never from, seen it. That one's gonna fuck them up. You're going from popcorn to blood corn. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't seen The Evil Dead in 20 years. Oh, uh, you're I watching the, the original one, right? Of course, yeah. I've seen yeah, the, yeah, the that, remake. Okay. And okay. It, it's got I good gore, they will the be scared. Yeah, I think I so. I was scared. it will be scary. Yeah. The first one is still scary. Even yeah. if you've seen it a million times, which I close to that I have, because I love those movies. Uh, except Army of Darkness. I'm not that crazy about it. It's a little, too, um, a little too Three Stooges for me. I don't like um, it. 
Yeah, but the 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 first and the second ones, oh my god, and the remake too that was out what ten years ago or whatever the mm -hmm. the remake Evil Dead. That's not bad. They did a really great job on that one. Yeah, that one. I mean, this be real. Um, I'd love to talk about horror because I, as an indie filmmaker, um, I've never made a movie like a genre movie, but I just kind of don't know how to do it if I'm being honest. But what I like about horror as a genre is that the fans are so forgiving they will be along for the ride no matter how crude it is we will show up for part seven of a movie and know that it's not going to be great but we're going to show up anyway because we want that horror okay yeah. we want that and there's always in no matter how bad the whole movie is there's always one scene there's yeah. always a, usually, there's usually one scene that's like this made it all worth it, you yeah. know, that one scene. And I want you to know that when you make that horror movie, mm -hmm. I want to be in your movie. I don't care yeah. if I'm a background extra just leaning on the wall. I want to be in that yeah. movie. <laughs> I want you to be the the creepy old guy that's like, that's me. You don't want to walk down that road. A lot You're of all doomed. A lot of history down that road. Yeah. Oh, I I could do that so well, dude. I'm telling you, so I'm good. all over it. Now consider it done, but. But but there's also horror snobs and like elitists, and they oh, liked the like the everything. Evil Dead remake, and so that's when you know it's good. I thought it was okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't always agree with them usually because they're some of them are such snobs. Yeah. But um, but yeah, uh, I went and saw it with my friend Kelly Kelly Arnold, and we came out of there going. We walked in going, okay, let's check this out. Oh, we'll see how it is. You know, we came out. We were looking at each other. We were like, that was awesome. That was yeah. like a fun roller coaster, man. That was, yeah, yeah it was really fun. Especially for a gore hound. Like, it satiates oh. your bloodthirst. Oh, my God. It's yeah. it's just nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the carving knife thing, you know, the electric carving knife scene. And it's oh, yeah. Just, oh, my God. It's so much fun. Are you, uh, <laughs> you kind of like encyclopedic when it comes to horror and you try to watch everything that's out there? Um, I would say I used to be, yeah. but there's so much out there. I mean, um, I'm that way with the old stuff. Okay. I'm pretty, I, 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 I can, if I haven't seen it, I've at least seen scenes from it, you know, mm -hmm. and I've sought out some really obscure old Italian stuff. You know, I've got, I've got quite a collection of movies. Yep. Um, mostly horror, of course. Um, but, um, right now there's so much new stuff with all these streaming channels and everything. I can't keep up with the new stuff anymore. Yeah. So I'm having to pick and choose a little bit more what I watch because, and I'm going a lot more by word of mouth than I used to mm -hmm. just because I can't, I don't have time to watch all this stuff. You know, I'm, I'm a teacher. I got to plan my lessons. I, and, and right now it takes like twice as long to plan your lessons as it used to, because you got to do everything virtually, you know? Um, so, once I get done with that, it's like, okay, I, I can watch one movie tonight. What am I going to watch? And there's like, oh, well, here's 10 new movies to check. Yeah. And I was like, damn, how do I pick which one? And honest, to be honest with you, lately, I end up just going back. Like right now, I'm obsessed with Night of the Demons from 19, mm -hmm. what was it, 1988. Yeah. yeah, the original, the original, yep. you know, Angela. <laughs> yep. I'm just obsessed with that movie right now, and I don't know why. There's just something about it. I've watched it like three times in the last two weeks. <laughs> Wow, that's that's your comfort food, Jay. Super it really normal. is. You know what? You're right. Is it that is how hard? Food. Is that how hard it is to create a school lesson plan right now? Is that's your comfort food? Is Night of the Demons? Golly. <laughs> yes. yes, that is that is very telling, isn't it? <laughs> very telling. There was a, a little run. I think it was on Showtime. I could be wrong. Um, sorry, listeners of a of a series called Masters of Horror. Oh, yeah. I love okay. that. There was supposedly, when I was growing up in high school, there was this one, what was the director's name? 
Oh, I'm so embarrassed. I'm gonna have to look it up. But um, can you think of a movie? I, I might be able to. Did you ever see Itchy the Killer? Itchy. Yeah, Itchy the Killer or Audition. Oh yes, yes. Oh, dude. Not only do I have a, you mean Itchy, I C H I. Yeah. Dude, I have that movie on disc. That's Are what I'm kidding? talking about. Okay, ta- yeah. Takashi Mikai. There is name. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, audition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He uh he did he did a Masters of Horror, and I believe the film was called Imprint. Yes. Yes. Have you seen this movie? Yes. Okay, so what are your thoughts? Because that's the movie. If I want to fuck somebody's world up, it's and it's like only an hour long, and I don't even know if you want to call it a movie because it was a part of this it's, anthology. No, it's, it's a um, it's a um, kind of like a made-for-TV movie, essentially. Yeah, well, it's it's from that series, right? Yeah, Masters of Horror. Masters of Horror. Yeah, so they're like hour long. Um, um, oh damn, I'm trying. I can't find it. I can't find it. I'm the, trying to look it up here. The lore when I was growing up, growing up, was that it was banned in America. That was the lore, and so you knew I had to watch it. <laughs> that movie is a. Uh, it'll stick with you. It's totally Imprint. horrifying. You know what? I'm, I'm wondering if I'm thinking of a different movie now. Now that we, now that I'm looking, I don't. I don't think it's, I have I've seen it. So it's it's, it's a, one of those episodes. I thought I saw all those episodes. It's well here's the thing. So this goes back to it being banned in America, you'd you'd have to import it from well now it's easier, but in two thousand and five it was a, a little harder trying to find it. But um Okay, I'm so sure it wasn't just, part of that series. It was it was like it something was, he did. It was too hardcore for television. Oh yeah. god. And uh now I gotta just, see it. Just to see if this will refresh <laughs> your memory. It takes place in Japan during like the geisha period so it's a like 10th century or 15th century or I don't I'm not I have not seen this okay it please go out of your way to find it but it's gonna ruin your day Jay it's not a feel-good popcorn I'll watch Hamilton after that okay deal (laughs) oh god that's the way I am. You gotta go. You gotta go down to come back up. Sometimes it's the roller coaster of movies. (laughs) What's a what's an example of a horror film that you've seen that was too hardcore for you like i want to know what your outer limits are uh there's a oh what is the name of that movie damn it uh a serbian film uh-huh yeah i saw it's it it's called a serbian film did I've you see it, it? Mm-hmm. yeah i that that i was like no i don't need this kind of hard to call that a horror film though right like i wouldn't call that a horror film a disgust film maybe i <laughs> It, I, I, I don't was know. Disgusted. It was really I was just, like, no, this is not for me. It was trying to be edgy, and so it did all there, the stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the the baby thing and all. I was like, no, why, why, why am I watching this? Yeah. Oh, and a, you know, a movie that I just absolutely flat out refuse to watch is the Human Centipede. Why's that? I I get it. Okay, I get it. I don't have to see it. Well, oh, you think I get it? Okay. You'd be, you'd be squeamish. Uh-huh. You'd be squeamish. Oh, no, I just – it's like, why am I going to watch this? It's not bad. It's not a bad really? movie. It's not really? a bad movie. Mm-mm. And I heard part two is even worse, though. I never saw part two. The human centipede. Because like a hundred of them all attached together. Is that – okay, you got to raise the stakes. I get that. I Looking <laughs> back, I mean, it's not something – I can't show that to my kids right now because no. they don't have the image of, of mouth to butts right now, I don't think. Um, <laughs> who's to say? But it, uh, looking back, it, it wasn't it wasn't terribly made, and it's done kind of straight, like it's done to shock you. I just I think that was a German uh, film. I want to say that was German. Could be wrong. Um, I think the act the, the lead actor is supposed to be German, but it's I think it's an American film. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it is. Um, 
I, I'm like, oh, I've got a couple hours to watch a movie. I don't want to. I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about, um, did you ever see, is it called Salo? A hundred and some odd days oh, yeah. of Sodom. Okay. That's a movie that I've seen once and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad I saw it. I feel yeah. like it is kind of a piece of art, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it's, that's one of those movies that I don't want to see again. Okay. So. Refresh my memory. I never saw it. It was it. It seemed it was hard to find when I was growing up. Um, mm-hmm. Now I now it's like on Criterion. Like oh yeah, you yeah. Can find They've it. Anyway. I love video, which it just closed. By the way. R.I.P. R.I.P. I know. God, I love that place. What What was so hardcore about it? Because it. I mean, it, it wasn't like uh, the impression I was under was that it was kind of people thought it was real. Do I understand? Is that the controversy? Um, the controversy was just what what they were were uh, um, the images they were projecting. Um, you know the, the the torture, the sexual torture, and um, what is it? Oh, God, uh, coprophagia, which is eating human waste. Okay, stuff like they were forced people to do that. It, it was just all this torture and, and uh, filling a boy's belly full of wine and then slicing his belly open so the wine pours out to everybody and they all drink from his belly. And, it's and they like, sh- oh, and they show this stuff. They're showing all this, and it's it, I mean it's it's. And it's but, not a horror movie. It's right. well, I mean, to me, it's a horror movie, actually. Sure. sure. And it's a horror movie that I'm not ever going to watch again. I, mm-hmm. um, it's 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 kind of a dreamlike. It's kind of gorgeous looking, mm. uh, and yet what you're seeing is so horrible. And I think that's what the director intended. Yeah. You know, you know, look how beautiful these horrible things are when you look at them. You know. Um, but I, I never want to see that movie again. Was this like a, um, was this like a, this happened historical kind of there? What, like I, what is the meaning? You know what? What's the meaning I'm, of this? Why are I'm they talking out of the side of my mouth here? I don't really know enough about the real story. I yeah. think it's supposed to be based on history. Like, you know, Bacchanalia mm-hmm. type stuff. i uh, but I really don't – I don't know the history of it. I just know I went with some friends way, way, way back in the day when it was coming out. We all went to the, the, the Greenway Theater, which is a theater in Houston where they would often show you know art films and stuff. Wow. And uh, we all walked out of there like, ah, yeah. we're not going to watch that again. <laughs> what, what is your impression of the, the filmmaker Lars von Trier? Hmm. He's done, I think he's fascinating. He's done like I, Antichrist, Melancholia. Yeah. He did Nymphomaniac kind of recently. He, he yeah. just came out. I was fortunate enough to watch it at the Draft House at 11.45 p.m. showing. I don't know why I did wow. that. In the, on, on a Wednesday or something. Um, Holy shit. <laughs> uh, of the house that Jack built with Matt Damon. Matt, Matt yeah. Dillon. Matt Dillon, which is on Hulu, yeah. which is worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's on Shudder also, actually. Oh, cool. Um, I've seen it. Did you like it? Um, I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> I liked it. Um, you know me; I'm weird. Um, I, I, th- it made me think of like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer yep. or the original Maniac. It made me think of those movies, you know, where you're getting really in the head of the killer. And mm-hmm. I find that stuff fascinating. Me too. Um, I'm not saying it's a fun movie. It's not a fun movie, although it's more funny than it ought to be. He sneaks humor into places that no one would ever be able to do. And I have to say, that's a talent that he has. Yeah. Um. Here's my thing about Lars von Trier. I don't like the way he writes his female characters. He writes his female characters usually as very dumb. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Breaking the Waves? I love that movie. Yeah, I've seen it. But but it's like, why? 
I love that character, but why why do you have to make your female characters so dumb? Right. It seems like they're all so dumb. And when you go back and look at them and, and see and mm-hmm. let me know if you feel that way. I just I, I I think he writes, or should I say, and I'm not. This isn't a defense, but I think he he uses this as a it's not an excuse, but like kind of like an an alibi. I think he portrays these <laughs> movies as fairy tales. This is how he gets away with it, right? And how they're okay. looked at as high. Sophisticated he does art. do the fairy tale thing. Yeah, yeah. and it's like I Hansel agree. and Gretel. Why are these kids so dumb? They're gonna get ate by a witch. Why? Yeah. Well, that's because in the fairy tale, that's what happens. Yeah, like Little Red Riding Hood is kind of an idiot, right? Yeah, and and let's face it, <laughs> real real old classic fairy tales are horror stories. Correct. They're Very almost true. all horror stories. They all have horrible things in them. Yeah. He he directed a movie that was so I feel like it's so underrated um, called Dogville with Nicole Kidman. It has such a tremendous cast. I have I've heard about this film and I've seen actual clips from it. This is the one where they didn't have real sets, right? They just walked around that building. And, okay, I've got to see this movie because I do lo- I do really enjoy his movies, and yeah. this is one I haven't seen. It's on a soundstage, and mm-hmm. the actors like open doors, but they're not opening doors. Yeah, things are just taped out on the floor, basically. Yeah, and they're just and they're they're miming all this stuff, basically. When yeah. when they they're pouring things with nothing in their That's hands, right. and yeah, yeah. It's I so good. think it's a fascinating concept, and I yeah. really want to see that. I wonder where I, I bet I can find that somewhere. Easily. Well, uh, going back to the female characters, how he writes them. Nicole Kidman's character is put through the ringer. And I'll just say how he he commentates on your criticism and makes it the finale of the movie. And it's kind of his statement of like, here's what you think about my female characters. Well, here's what happens when they're not dumb, let's just say. Oh, okay. And it's, he's, he's a very thoughtful, he makes me think, um, filmmaker, and I, I've always appreciated how forward-thinking he was. He was one of the few guys in the very beginning who who were started making movies digitally um, back when everything was only made on film. And so um, I really appreciate him. He's one of my favorite directors, even though I think he's a little fucked up and gets away with stuff he wouldn't get away with over here in this country. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'm a little shocked. Uh, the What was it? Antichrist? Yeah. With uh, Will, Willem Dafoe? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's... <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that kind of fucked me up a little bit. <laughs> Same. When you watch him, when you watch as you're watching these movies, there's just there's just unrelenting dread, and he doesn't get you off the hook. Um, but that's a horror movie. It's almost a slasher. It is, yeah, turns into a slasher kind of. I consider that a horror film. Um, absolutely. Did you ever see Requiem for a Dream? Dude, I have that on disc. I that's love a, that movie. Isn't that a horror and film? I, say what? That's a horror film. I think it's absolutely a horror film, and it's, it's such film. a real-life horror film that is terrifying. Yeah, it, it's really terrifying. And I've heard so many people say, "I can't, um, I can't watch that movie again." You know, it's like that's movie. I watched it once. I can't watch it again. But the performances in that movie are so incredible. Mm-hmm. I can't. Once I start watching that movie, I can't stop. Those people are mesmerizing in that film. Those actors, especially. Um, Oh, I can't think. I'm going blank now. The woman who, the older woman in it. From Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. Exactly. Ellen uh, Burstyn. Ellen Burstyn, yeah. Ellen Burstyn. The fact that she didn't win the Oscar that year for that part kills me. I Just know. kills me. She acts the hell out of that part. 
she yeah. was so believable and you felt so bad for her yeah. uh, and the techniques that he used in that film I, I, I it's mesmerizing to me yeah I, I feel like it's it's a movie that I I think and this might be my filmmaker brain when people watch it it kind of is like the anatomy of a movie and it takes people out because it's so stylized and it really takes glee in the, in the stylization of like the trauma that I think people are, they, I think it's almost cut together like a music video and they just don't enjoy that, that there's no pop sensation that, that yeah. people get out of it, but it's what makes it palatable because if it wasn't, I mean, who would want to see that documentary? Like that would be no. that would be weird. But um I think about that movie if I had to if I had to say I had a favorite horror movie. Me and um my friend Dave when we were doing our old podcast, we did an episode that I was proud of called uh, Movies Will Never Go Back To. And that was both on our lists. What what's a what's a couple movies that you can roll off that you'd never go back to? Well, definitely Solo. Yeah. Yeah, um, I won't go back to that. Um, what's another movie I won't go back to? Um, Apocalypse Now. Really? Yeah. Uh, uh, too long? Yeah, I don't, well, it's not just too long. It's just... it. Dry, it that movie kind of drives me crazy. I feel like it's like three movies in one and, and I know everybody says it's a masterpiece and I'm like, I can see what they're, I see where they're coming from, but I just, I feel like, okay, now we're, now we're going to this story. Now this story. And, and Brando's performance to me is the flattest, most awful performance he's ever given in a movie. Um, even stuff he did later where he was like drunk all the time. I don't care. This to me, this performance was like, it, it, he had no idea what he was talking about. You know, right. every time he opened his mouth, I felt like you don't even know what movie you're in. So, yeah, I'm not going to go back to that one. Hmm. Did you ever see The Passion of Christ? Oh, yeah. I won't go back to that either. <laughs> that, that was one on my list where I was like, I went back to it to, I saw it as a kid. I saw it, I must have been like 15 when it came out, and it really made an impression. I was like, whoa, this is intense. This is like torture porn or something. I think that's where the, the term was birthed from was the passion of the christ maybe i think it was i think it was and then i saw it as an adult and i was like this movie is fucking anti-semitic man Whoa. it's horrible it's Whoa. horrible it is so unabashedly anti-semitic it is it is and hello mel <laughs> mel gibson yeah um and also you know what another movie i won't go back to is a movie that keith maybe watched for the podcast apocalypto which is a mel gibson movie yeah. i will never watch that movie again why i'm curious <sighs> oh well, for one thing, um, I need to go. I need they, to go back and hear that episode. They, uh, well, they kill an animal on, you know, on camera. Basically, mm -hmm. it looks like they kill an animal on camera. I mean, mm -hmm. it looked real to me. Yeah. Um, it, I, I think it was a wild boar or something. And okay. uh, you know, I understand people kill those and eat them if if you're doing that. But just doing it for film just makes me ill. Like, what is yep. it, Cannibal Holocaust? Where they mm -hmm. ugh, can't. I can't go back to that movie either. Yeah. Because they, they kill animals on screen. I'm like, you don't need to do that. You can yep. fake it. Yep. You know, you can fake it. But, oh, no, you know, and these are the Italians, of course. They were always killing things on screen for yeah. years. They're kind of famous <laughs> for that. Uh, what are some other movies you won't go back to? Uh, that was one of them. There was a movie. Um, I don't think I mentioned this on that episode of the podcast, but it's popping up to my mind right now that came out called Megan is Missing. Did you ever see that? 
No, never heard of it's it. It's kind of cringy. I don't know if you'd actually watch it. This was during the mid-2000s where found footage films were very popular. Uh-huh. And there was a movie, the conceit was a, a, a 14-year-old little girl, essentially. The whole movie takes place through her webcam recordings. Mm-hmm. And she's she gets catfished. And oh, okay. it doesn't end well for her. It is a horror movie. And... Can I spoil the movie? This is the reason why I won't go back to it. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm probably not going to watch this. Go okay. ahead. <laughs> okay, I'm going to spoil the movie, and I apologize. Okay. But um, the the person who catfished this child, essentially, um, makes her a sex slave uh, and eventually puts her in this barrel. And it's a found footage film, so the guy puts the camera somewhere or whatever. And he digs a hole. Meanwhile, this little girl is screaming in a barrel. And it's oh, one, God, it's one, her. it's one cut, one shot, and mm-hmm. um, puts the barrel underground, buries her, and so it's like this fifteen minute or so it feels scene of like this woman being buried in a barrel, and you just hear her screams get muffled eventually, and then you can't hear anything, and it's just so unre- it's just so relentless, and it, it it was like what the fuck did I just watch? Like that's yeah. I was like what what did I what did I just put myself through? There's no entertainment value here there, whatsoever <laughs> where's the fun yeah where's the fun i'm not having any yeah kind of like these and i'm not saying all tales. movies should be fun but geez horror movies i think should be <laughs> most of them anyway that's an example of one um let's see what's another movie i won't go back to it's strange i midsummer was a movie that i wrote a whole blog about like i don't think i'll go back to this movie i saw it again i broke my rule for your podcast jay but um i <laughs> thank you we thing, appreciate it <laughs> the thing i told one of my friends was as i was watching it like it was nihilism porn to me like i, I man like just this this feeling of nothing matters and everything is bullshit and religion is just just people in power and sort of masturbatory what people do when they were bored, whatever these stories that we tell ourselves. And if, if a woman or anybody is um, broken enough that she can find solace in this, that message was like, damn man, like why do you got to take me there? For movie night, this I is... want to watch Hereditary with my family. No one wants to watch it with me. Same oh, director. God, I love that movie. That's I've only seen it uh, once. No one wants to rewatch it with uh, me. But it's I like... love that movie. I really do. Uh, Midsummer. This is so funny. We talked about it on our show when you were on. Midsummer. Uh, I, I, am I saying that right? Is it Midsummer? Midsummer. I'd I have to. I don't know. I'd have to ask the director. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I and you're gonna think I'm insane, and you which which you already. Do probably. Uh, <laughs> I think Midsummer is has some of the funniest moments in horror. <laughs> I I hear this. People have this take it, on this movie. <laughs> it makes me laugh, and I I I think the director meant that. I don't think I'm I'm you know, inferring yeah. something that the director did not mean. I think the director meant for these moments to be funny, and some of them are funny. To are me. <laughs> are any of these moments that are comical to you? Do any of them? Um, involve the lead protagonist, Florence Pugh's character, um, or are mostly, the are they the ensemble outside of her? Mostly, it's the ensemble around her. 
She's so, a pretty tragic character. So her story is humorless to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah her the story other stuff, is not funny. I'm totally cool with seeing what happens to her boyfriend at the end. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was cool oh, yeah. with that. <laughs> uh, I, to me, that's like uh, any any kind of movie where the bad guy gets what's coming to him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and that guy was a douche for sure. I mean, his biggest crime was that he was a douche for sure. That's it. But he was yeah. a big, huge one. He was a, a douche. Huge douche for sure. Um, he was rotten. And I could see that, but um, also Hereditary has this kind of. It leaves you with, oh fuck, like an emptiness. That's really fascinating to me. Oh, hereditary is a whole nother, a whole nother animal. Yeah, it, uh, I don't, I can see similarities in the directing style, the like the, mm-hmm. the way he films things, but it ends there. Uh, the tone in Hereditary, it, there's nothing funny in Hereditary to me. Yeah, yeah, there's no, there's no humor, humor moments or you know little light moments. There, it just gets deeper, darker, deeper, darker, deeper, darker. Yeah. Um, and Tony Collette is remarkable in yeah. that movie. She's a legend. Ugh. Me and my wife went into that movie blind. We just knew, oh, oh really? Tony Collette, it's got to be good. Oh, and, wow. And as we watched it, you know, there's there's something unprecedented. You think it's going to go one way and it goes another, I'll just say. I don't want to ruin Hereditary for anybody. It's still kind of new-ish. Mm-hmm. And when we went home... We saw the trailer. We were like, how is this marketed? And the trailer was very misleading. The trailer made it seem like this is a a little girl is creepy movie. And it kind of tricks you. It's it's actually not about that really at all. And where it goes is even deeper. Um, Yeah. But when we saw the trailers, we we played it back. We were like, dude, this was misrepresented. Uh, (laughs) Going into a movie blind is the best way to go into a movie. It's the best way to go to a movie. But I actually prefer if a trailer misrepresents the film instead of giving away every single plot point in the film. Some trailers just give some trailers. They show you the end of the film. I know. And you walk, you walk in already knowing how it ends. I, why do you do that? Because they're they're just trying to get butts in the seats, you yeah. know. In that case, I think. And it also, whenever I see a trailer that gives away everything, it makes me think, hmm, maybe this isn't that worth going to. If they had to, if this is yeah. what, they had to give me the whole plot just to get me into the theater, you know. Very true. In in 2020, what were some movies you got to see in the theater? Oh God. Were there any? I mean, there were, there were, but I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Invisible Man, you saw. Oh that movie. Yeah. yeah, I saw that the weekend it came out, and I loved that movie. Yeah, uh, she's Elizabeth. Uh, what's her name? Elizabeth Moss. Moss. Yeah, yeah, Elizabeth Moss. I I think she's a phenomenal actress. She was fantastic in that movie, and it it was a great twist on an old premise. Yeah. You know the old, the old Invisible. Because I collect, like, I've got all those old movies too, The Invisible Man and Frankenstein and Dracula, and yep. the, I've got all that stuff. Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. And I collect all that kind of stuff too. Mm-hmm. And so I love the old Invisible Man because uh, that that's a movie that also had a sense of humor about itself, and mm. but yet still was was a really interesting story. What they did with the story, though, for this new one, the way they twisted it around, uh, I thought it was fascinating, and I thought it was a great thriller. Mm. Yeah, I, I need um, to see it. I, I I have it, but I haven't yet watched it. We, we I, do I, watch it tonight. I highly recommend it. It's it's a really good thriller, and uh, she's fantastic. And of course, she's great in everything. You, you know? uh, this movie didn't come out this year, but um, just because Elizabeth Moss was in it as well. You liked Us. Oh yeah, yeah, very much. That's a that's a movie. I'm very big on replay value. Like I want to go back and see a movie a hundred times if I can. That's that a very movie, rewarding movie. 
Yeah, and it's even more rewarding the second time. Yeah. Because once you know, I'm not going to spoil anything in case anybody hasn't seen it, but once you know what, what was really going on, yep. the acting, you, you realize how the acting is so incredible. I know. You realize what good acting is going on right in front of your face there when you didn't even really realize how good that acting was. You know, it's like, wow, there's yeah. th- there's little tells and things that happen. You're like, holy crap, I didn't see that the first time, you know? I know. Uh, there's a movie, I think, did this come out last, was it last year that Dr. Sleep came out, or was it this year? It was last year, I think. It I think. was last year, yeah. Yeah. What I was did, that about? It was off I my like radar. It. It, I'm confused. Was this like The Shining thing? What, what is this? It's a sequel to The Shining. It's a sequel. It's a sequel, and it was the little boy Danny, he's grown up now. And, and Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, uh, 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 King, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, Stephen I, King. Thank you, Stephen. I was going to say John King. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen King wrote the book, Dr. Sleep, and it's a sequel to his book, The Shining, not the movie. Uh-huh. So they want to make this sequel. So they make a sequel that is kind of like a sequel to both the book and the movie, and then he kind of used the, the original ending from the end of the, the first book at the end of the movie. He kind of switched things around a little bit. Mm. Um, it's I have an opinion about horror movies. If they're more than 90 minutes, there better be a good reason. Right, and this movie was long, and it did not have a good reason to be long. It just went on and on and on. I was bored. Mm. I didn't leave the theater. I've, I've only left the theater once in my whole life during what movie? a movie. What movie? Uh, <laughs> the Fifth Element. What, Jay? Yeah. You're, you're you're tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> Why? That movie is a staple in my childhood. I knew where it was going and I was like this is ridiculous I couldn't take it so I went back a friend of mine said you have to come back and see it with me he said I'll pay your ticket come on my buddy my buddy Philip he said I'll bring you okay I'll pay you I'll buy you popcorn you got to watch the end of the movie yeah so we're watching the movie we're watching and I'm like and we get to the end and I'm like oh god don't no no don't say the fifth element is love don't say the fifth the fifth element is love and I'm like oh god no when I was like ten I years old, her character this... was ridiculous. Her costume was stupid as hell. Why was what was up with that bandage costume? It made no. And his costume, yeah. They were trying to. And Bruce Willis. I have a really love hate thing with Bruce Willis. Um, his early stuff I like, but his later stuff, he's just. Oh, give me the money, I'll say my lines. Give me the money, I'll say yeah. my lines. He's yeah. just. He's just there for the paycheck, and yeah. I hear he's a pain in the ass too. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. Uh, I feel like he's in. He's entered his Harrison Ford uh, yes. level of his career, where he's just like, "I'm here. That here I so, am." <laughs> I, that is so perfect. That it is, is though. A perfect analogy. Uh, yes. it's, a, it's a bummer. Um, I adored the Fifth Element, but I think it was more like for me because as a kid who grew up liking, I, I grew up. My mom rented me anything I wanted, so uh-huh. I, I was watching hard R films, and the Fifth Element felt like a kids' movie. But with an R kind of element to it, like it was aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, the aesthetic. aesthetic. Like, I have to say, it looked beautiful. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm not saying you know, it. It looked gorgeous, and the costumes right. were crazy. You know, yeah. but some of them just didn't make any sense at all. But I know it was supposed to be a fantasy thing. But yeah. I just thought it was so corny, and uh I just let me tell you that's the, the only. The only time in my life that I've ever walked out of a movie. Let me tell you the two movies I've walked out of. Okay. Number I'm, one I'm was, this. I must have been like seven or eight when John Leguizamo's The Pest came out. And I begged my mom, because I love John Leguizamo. It was like seeing a, 
as a as a light skinned Hispanic, it was like seeing yourself on screen, John Logan. I understand that. Oh, and I want to talk about something about that in a minute. When Put a done. pin on that. We'll get to it okay. for sure. And so I love John Leguizamo. I loved everything he was in. And I've read all his books. Like I was super into him. And he's so like, smart. He's brilliant. He is very smart and, and a low key great actor. And yeah. I begged my mom to show me this movie. And uh, first 10 minutes in, I was like, can I have $5? And can I go to the arcade? And I was like, I'm out. And I left her in the theater. Did you really? Yeah. That was the first movie I walked out of. The second movie, I was already like 18. And it was Will Ferrell's Bewitched. Oh, that was pretty bad. I went to see it, but it was pretty bad. That was not. I was disappointed in that. I remember thinking. Nicole Kidman. Yep. I remember thinking, well, I've already made it this far. I might as well finish it. And then I realized, dude, there's still like a. There's still like another hour. I'm out, and I I left. But um, yeah. So I going back that. to the to the Hispanic thing you wanted to talk. Well, about. first I want to talk about the pest because Paul made me watch that for the podcast, oh, and no. I understand why you left. I had to watch the whole thing because I had oh, to. You, you had know? to. But I would have shut that thing down in 15 minutes. He was the most <laughs> annoying, one of the most annoying characters. The only thing worst is Freddie got fingered with Tom Green. Yeah. That's and that's what Keith made me watch, and I'll never forgive him for that. I know, I know. You had mentioned <laughs> I'm on the still podcast. Him back. <laughs> you had mentioned, you know, there's there's stuff that like there's homophobic slurs in that movie that are that not not that that was ever in fashion, but are so it often to hear fashion. today. I guess it, it was. I guess it yeah. was, but not that not that that makes it okay. But um, it mm-hmm. is so not yeah. enjoyable to hear at all today. So I do want to yeah. say that is awful. But when I'm watching Freddie Got Fingered, it it kind of like the characters in Salo or something. It it tears me down and builds me back up. That I'm convinced as I'm watching it, is this movie a masterpiece? As I'm watching it, I'm like, wait a second. Is what is this movie? Does it have layers like onions upon layers? Like it is. Oh, is Tom you are Green, giving this movie way too is, much credit? Is this about like autism? Is this about like people on no. the spectrum? I'm like, what is happening? But then the movie's no. over, and I'm like, I think I was just coping, like rocking myself back right? and forth to try to make some sort of. <laughs> this has to make sense just somehow. Trying to find the good in Hitler, just trying so hard. <laughs> Hitler's got a dog. He's got to be nice to the dog. Surely he's pet a dog without killing it once, right? Yeah, that movie is unforgivable, oh, God, but the no. pest is up there, well, too. I want to ask – this is something I wanted to talk about anyway. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, what's what's like the first time that you went to the movies and you actually saw like yourself in a character on the screen? Oh, man, that's a good because question. Because I was talking to another friend about this the other day, and, and I, um, I was remembering that when it happened to me. So when did it happen to you? Well, I did say John Leguizamo. It's close, man, because uh-huh. I, I grew up in I grew up in a border town in South Texas, the Rio Grande mm-hmm. Valley, in a in a community that is ninety percent like dark skin, Spanish speaking first, Hispanics, and uh-huh. for whatever reason, I I came out this way, and my my brother was like a little darker. Everybody else in my family was darker, so this created like a uh, it othered me at a very young age, and it made me very yeah. self aware. And it was very interesting to to look this to have this pigmentation, but to grow up really knowing what racism is was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then I see John Logazamo and I'm like, well, this guy, I think he's like half Cuban, half Colombian, or like I'm, half Dominican. I, think, half... I know he's part Cuban. I'm not sure because I've, I've watched one... a lot of his shows. He's just so talented. Yeah, yeah. And so, but to me, I was like, 
he's a beaner. He's spick enough. <laughs> like, I, he knows Spanish. That's good enough for me. Um, that was like seeing myself, Ricky Ricardo, like seeing Desi Arnaz growing up, watching syndicated I Love Lucy, uh-huh. was like, whoa, a, a someone that's like my family is on television in a, in a and, duck out of water. Successful. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that was one of those. Um, but if you were to cleanse my palate and ask me like today, I, I don't see anybody. I do not see anybody that I don't, I don't see myself on screen. Mm-hmm. I don't see myself in music. I don't see myself in culture. Like the light-skinned Hispanic male, I don't see that. And it's not like boo-hoo for me. Like it's fine. White males are represented. But real quick, you know, because you mentioned Apocalypto, right? Um, uh-huh. That indigenous culture, they casted a lot of that movie from my from my valley where I came from in South no Texas. No kidding. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, it was like a big deal that Mel Gibson was in town because it's like, whoa, <laughs> off the Passion of the Christ. All the He's, Jews better go hide <laughs> yeah yeah well there's no jews in the valley but totally and that's where before the colonizers came to america and made mexicans they were the original americans right yeah. in central america yeah what's crazy about being a light-skinned hispanic is the t- the 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 language of spanish is a white language but brown mexicans have an elitism to Spanish, but it's not even their language. They speak an indigenous language, right? Yeah. Like um, Alfonso Cuaron's movie Roma, which I was a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Really, That's a beautiful film. It's, I, I liked it quite a bit. Um, the, the, the lead actress was an indigenous Mexican who spoke a different language while everybody else spoke Spanish around her. They were kind of like a middle-class Mexican uh-huh. um, society. So I say all this because it's it's so being a Mexican American is actually way more complex than people think, and being a light skinned Mexican is just another it's layer. Even more, yeah, it's another it's layer even more layer of, of like what's the word I'm looking for? Like there's like a body dysmorphia or like an identity disorder coming um, of like what am it's I? It's a prejudice. It's a prejudice. I remember the first time I dated a white woman. Is when I was like, oh, this is what white is. I didn't know. Like, and I was already like in my mid 20s. Like, I didn't Uh know. So, white people were the minority where I came from. So, that's Uh all that is like a can of worms, Jay. Like, it is a weird thing that I'm still processing. But let me, let me turn the tables on you. Like, when did you see yourself on screen? And you're like, that, that's me. I'm okay. Well, you know, being gay. Uh, and growing up, because I was born in 60, you know, so back, you know, as a kid, of course, I couldn't, you know, of course, but, and I was, oh God, I was made, I'm not going to go into how awful school was, but anyway. Can I ask a question? The, yeah. So, I don't know, is homosexuality a spectrum? Because um, we were watching a show, it's called Mind Hunter on Netflix, and yeah. they showed clips, which is fascinating, and they showed clips of Dog Day Afternoon, and Al Pacino mm-hmm. plays, I believe, a homosexual in that movie. But, like, yeah. do you identify with homosexuality as a broad, general stroke? Or is it a p- certain type of homosexuality that you're like, that's me? I, uh, well, let me let me tell you. Uh, growing up, watching movies, it, even movies from, like, the 30s and 40s on TV, they would always have the sissy, you know? This, and that was, like, that was what I was, and I knew at a very young age that I liked boys. I knew, I knew, 
I knew very young. I was, I'm one of those people that there was never any doubt in my mind. No, I've never actually, I've never dated really a girl ever. You know, mm-hmm. I've gone out on dates as, as a friend, but I've never dated a girl. Yeah. Um, but, but all I ever saw on, you know, on these old movies and stuff is of oh, the sissy, the sissy, or they would, they would be like the, the town would kill them or whatever, because they were so disgusting or, you know, all this. The, the, all. So 1972, I'm 12 years old. And our neighbor, this is hilarious. Our neighbor took, uh, she had a, a daughter my age and then a younger son. And then I had my younger sister and she took all four of us to the local theater to see cabaret because, Oh, it's a musical. I'll take the kids to see a musical. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's PG. Oh, but it'll be fine. You know? So she's sitting, and I know she, she told my mom later, she was horrified. She's like, I'm so sorry. I had no idea there was going to be all this, you know, stuff, this sexual stuff in it. And mom's like, it's not your fault. Don't worry about it. But Michael York plays Brian in this movie. Okay. And he meets, he meets Sally and, and right off, off the bat, Sally comes on to him and, and she's like, oh, unless you sleep with boys, you know, because if you do, I wouldn't dream of, you know, bothering you. And he's like, oh, people don't ask questions like that. And she goes, I do. Mm. <laughs> But then later on, he has a relationship with a man and I'm sitting in the audience, 12 years old, and I'm looking at the screen and I'm seeing a nor- this guy is not a Nelly. He's not a, a, a sissy, you know, the, the usual Hollywood. This is a normal, w- nice looking, well-educated guy. And he likes men. Mm. And I'm like, my heart is just like, ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. I just, I couldn't get over the fact that I'm, look, I'm, I'm. I'm seeing myself up here yeah. and I don't have to be a deviant. I don't have to be a freak. Yeah. I can be my normal self and still like what I like, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, it was mind blowing to me and I was 12 years old. You're so lucky that you had that. I know it. Right. I know it. Wow. And of course now things, I mean, you know, you see gay characters and lots of things now and, um, and they're good and bad, and that's the way it should be. You know, all all people are good and bad. You know what I mean? You know. Yeah. If the character is the bad guy, they used to say, "Oh, the character can't be." You know, a, a lot of gays always used to say this. They always make the character, the gay character, the killer, and whatever. And I'm like Harvey Harvey Firestein. I'm like, you know what? Visibility <laughs> at all costs. Okay. <laughs> Just yeah. make sure we're out there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. even the sissy, I'm like, I'm glad that the sissy was there, kind of, because at least they were there. You know, at, at least acknowledge that we exist. Off the top of your head, give me like a top ten gay characters in cinema that that to oh, you dude. are like on the Mount Rushmore. I don't know if I can do all ten, but yeah, Harvey Firestein. Harvey Firestein has to be up there for Torch Song Trilogy. Uh, gay characters. Okay, geez. Now, now I'm on the spot. And, ho- um, and like homosexual men. I don't want to count lesbians. Okay. Um, um, Jack on Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. That counts. <laughs> um, oh, God. Oh, oh, Tom Hanks' character in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um. Man, I I may only be able to do five, even if I'm lucky. Did you ever watch um, uh, HBO show Six Feet Under? Oh yeah, oh I loved that character. I love Michael C. Hall, man. Yeah, he was I, great in that show. I saw that show before I saw Dexter, so I didn't I didn't know him as Dexter. Uh-huh. Um, but that relationship is maybe my favorite relationship on that I've ever seen on television. It was and it was very real. Yeah. It was very real. I felt like that was a really real, and he was really conflicted, and I felt his confliction. You know, I, I, I'm lucky I'm not in that position. My parents have always accepted, and my parents love Rick. They love Rick. Oh, my God. They just, you know, they can't, they just are so happy that we're together. And so I've never, I've always had support at home. It was mm-hmm. outside in the world where things got, you know, 
problematic. I'm going to ask you um, something, Jay. I'm very curious. Um, okay. I hear this from women all of the time that like homo, what's it called? Homo uh, phobia of uh-huh. like, get away from me. Don't touch me. That kind of stuff. Do you think that homophobia comes from like somebody, a man that's in the closet who doesn't want to touch those feelings? I think it comes from a lot of places. Uh, it comes, a lot of it comes from religions. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it comes from, um, I don't want people to think I'm that. And then some of it does come from, oh my God, what if you touch me and I like it? <laughs> you know? Right. I, you always hear in the news, like these politicians that are I these know. Bible thumpers. And then it, it turns out, well, they're they deviants. caught in a hotel room with a, you know, because a, they're, a they're ashamed. They're trying to hide it. That's what makes them a deviant. It's not the, the acts, you know, it's like, why don't you just mm-hmm. come out and like live your life? But it's always the people that condemn yeah. it. On a long enough timeline, that it comes out, or so it looks like, and it's I mean, like, oh, that's the way you, they felt the just, whole time. You have to wonder, these people that are so obsessed with gay sex, why are you so obsessed with what we're doing when we don't even want to share it with you? Yeah. You know, we're not sharing it with you. Why are you so worried about it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think so I, guess, I guess you can't stand to think about what you're doing. Well, why are you thinking about it so much? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. You know, we're, we're, we're in a time now where people are more conscientious about, you know, um, homosexuality and inclusion, diversity in general. Mm-hmm. Um, what's really interesting to me is there's a whole new spectrum of like, I don't want to say gay, but like of, of things I don't really know what, what it is. Like take, mm-hmm. uh, what's his name? Dan Levy's character in Shit's Creek. Yeah. It's like in the, I, so I was good. like, is he gay? Like for a long time, I was like, I don't know if he's Gay? Am I stupid for not knowing? And then no, he, you're not. He's, and then he and marries I, he marries a man. But I don't yeah. think he's. I I think even in the show he's like I'm not gay. Well, or, or I don't know. Uh, it's I'm so confused. Well, his, as as an actor, he acts very gay in that part. Yeah. If if I may use that term, and 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 I mean that in a lovingly way. I just I adore that character. Yeah, great character. But um, but also he is admitted he's had a, he's had you know relationships with men and women. He's very right. fluid as far as his sexuality. I think yeah. that char- that character is anyway. Yeah. Um, I love what that show did. It started out as hilariously snarky, and it ended up making me cry. Yeah. Just because it was so beautiful. Yeah. Um, that show was amazing. Yeah, you're. I remember you posted somewhere online of like, how is this show? How did the show turn from this to that? And that's yeah. what actually hooked, got me in. I was like, how could it do that? That's interesting. I want to watch. How it. how did this show go from being like a snarky parody to this heart touching, you know, heartwarming thing that just had me in tears? You know, happy happy tears, not you know. Yeah. Which yeah. is, you know, I'm I'm kind of easy to do that as long as you manipulate me, right? <laughs> right. Same. You know, every now and then I can tell when I'm super anxious and I have like my bucket of anxiety is just getting full. And before it tips over on somebody or God forbid, like on the uh-huh. highway or something and I get into an accident, yeah. I will go on YouTube and, and search the top 20 like saddest scenes in cinema and I'll just cry. Hey there, buddy. Oh, he can't hear me. Um, oh, I've says hi. My husband <laughs> just walked in. <laughs> hey. He says, hey, hey. <laughs> We're still recording. <laughs> um, so I'm you, getting a strip show right now while we're recording. I have to add. <laughs> dang, man, the best of both worlds. Um, right. <laughs> what, what are some examples of of movies that that you go back to to cry? To cry. Yeah. Hmm. 
Um, there's a moment at toward the right at the end of Meet Me in St. Louis that makes me cry every time. It just makes me cry every time. And it's so corny, but I cry every time. La La Land makes me cry every time right at the beginning. Yeah. You know, it just it just gets me. And at the end, too, the end is just so – I just love that movie so much. So those are a couple that make me cry. I can't think of anything else that really gets to me. Um, so it's, it's usually something new that I'm watching that surprises me that will, like, get me, you know? Yeah. Um, but um, I can't think of any others. What What do you go back to that makes you cry? Um, I, something that's like on, on standby for me is, um, Jack Nicholson in what's it called about Schmidt. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't thought about that movie in a long time. Yeah. I'm obsessed with that movie. I I really like that director quite a bit. Um, he made a movie with Matt Damon recently called downsizing. Mm -hmm. I don't want, I I don't want, have you seen downsizing? I haven't haven't, seen it yet. I haven't seen it, but it also doesn't look like I'd like it. Like I like his, um, the Descendants with George Clooney, Nebraska mm-hmm. with uh, oh gosh that actor um, Dern uh, Bruce Dern, Bruce and Dern, yeah. I, I like his movies. Election is like a movie I always go back to. Oh man, Election! We covered that on the show. I love that movie. That's yeah. just like an all timer right there. But about Schmidt is something that just makes me cry. Um, weird things make me cry. Like good acting, just oh good acting will make yeah. me cry in general. Oh yeah. When someone knocks it out of the park and you're just like, wow, how did they how did they do that? You know, how did they come up with that emotion and make it so real and genuine? You know, there's a scene in um, in Boogie Nights where Philip Seymour Hoffman was my favorite living (sighs) actor before he died. He was my favorite actor for years. Remarkable. There's a scene where he kisses Matt. Um, no, I'm sorry, not Matt. yes, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg, yes. Oh, and that scene. Oh, yes. <laughs> that I will feel make so me bad cry. for him every time. That, oh, that breaks my heart every time. Uh, oh, it's heartbreaking. That'll make me cry. Just little mm. little things. Like I will just go out and I'll search for scenes, and cause, just because I need to get it out, man. It's like mm-hmm. it's like diarrhea or something. Right. Like <laughs> uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch does that to me also. Does it? Okay. I, the, I, end, I, the end of that movie. I'm just I'm blubbering at the end of that movie. I am just blubbering. There's something. Also, not just blubbering, but also something so uh, almost like you have to see the movie to understand what I'm saying. There's, I feel like there's a rebirth at the end of that. With, the movie ends with like this rebirth and mm. let's start a new kind of feeling. Um, it gets me every time. There's it a gets Lars, me every time. There's a Lars von Trier movie uh, starring Bjork who just acted in that one movie and was like, mm-hmm. I'm never going to act again. And I think it was an Academy Award nominated performance as well off of breaking the waves the movie's called dancer in the dark that almost every scene in that movie makes me want to cry it's so sad wow it's so sad but it goes out it, it it's very manipulative like it it's uh-huh. needlessly sad um but that movie any scene makes me cry i i love to cry man like the thing i love about movies the most is good acting i want to see pretty people they don't have to be pretty but they don't have to be pretty they, they don't have to be pretty good. but like confident you, gotta you know be good. you got to be good yeah i want to see I, I want to just see, I want to be transported somewhere by good acting. Yeah. Period. Absolutely. And that's what, well, and it's the combination. It's the good acting. It's the good cinematography. It's the, the, the right choice of music. Not too much, not too little, just at the right moment. Uh, and the writing. And, you know, it's, it's, it's such a collaborative thing to make that happen. I, I, am, a, I am obsessed. La La Land makes me cry. Um, but oh, it's yeah. not the it's not the, it's not the big 
acting moments. It's like these. It's the small joyous moments that, yes. that will make me cry. That's what gets to me. Uh, the, when they're dan- when she's dancing with her roommates in the apartment. Yeah. I can't sit still. I yeah. cannot sit and watch that scene. I have to get up and move with them. Yeah. I they're just so they're so they're so. I want to be with them. They're having so much fun. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. They're so. They're so in. In the most like what, fe- what the, f- the movie makes you feel like this is the most important moment of their life. Yeah, yeah. Like where they are in their lives, even though it's not glamorous, it's those are the those are like the special moments for sure. Um, Emma and, Stone is totally incredible in that movie. Like oh, it, she, it's one of she those. She deserved that Oscar. She did, and I yeah. fall in love with her when I watch that right? movie. It's really weird. I do too. I do too. I there's and and oddly, I fall in love with him too. There's something so yeah. charming about him. Of uh, the moment, that moment when he walks into his apartment, and his sister's there, and he didn't realize it, and she scares him. That little moment yeah. where he jol- it just it makes me laugh every time. He's so he's so funny and natural. And then she says something about like the rug. He said, "I brought you a rug." I don't need a rug. She said, "What if I said like this jazz legend pissed on?" And said, "Oh, stop that. Wait, is that true?" <laughs> right. That was that was a rumor with him. Right. What was his name? Uh. Not Miles Davis. Was it Miles Davis? Well, I think it was Miles Davis yeah. or something. And it's like, yeah. I think he did. I think there's videos of him pissing on women, I want to say. Uh, That's why he's like, wait a second, is that real? <laughs> um, I remember David Steinberg was telling, talking about meeting Miles Davis at a party. He said, this is back when everybody was doing coke. You know, everybody did coke, right? <laughs> so he says, hey, man, let's go do some coke. And he's like, oh, sure, with Miles Davis? Yeah, I'll go do some coke with Miles Davis. So they go in the bathroom, and, and I think he was dating Cicely Tyson at the time. So Cicely mm. Tyson's in there with him also. And he's like... And Miles Davis puts out the tiniest, littlest, little, tiniest little thing of Coke, just the tiniest little hit. I'm like, oh, boy, he's stingy. Okay. And so I did Miles Davis's Coke, and I was up for five days. (laughs) Holy smokes. That's a good story. Man, that's nuts. Um, I know it's kind of hard not to talk about. You can't, unfortunately, it's the Academy's fault. Like, you can't talk about La La Land without even thinking of Moonlight. Oh, yeah, Did, I know. You, you saw that film, didn't you? Oh, twice, yeah. What'd you think about that? Oh, incredible. That movie makes it, me it cry. It deserved the Oscar also, yeah. I thought yeah. It, that movie, talk about make a movie making me cry. Oh, my yeah. God. That's rough, yeah. man. And that actor, man. I know. Well, all of them, really, but... um. Everybody in the movie, yeah. yeah. That movie uh, made me cry. It, it, I will say, man, like I'll never know what it's like to be a homosexual man, but Moonlight, I don't know why, it just makes me feel like I, I, I do know what like it's like. Like you got a view into the window there. Yeah, of, and yeah, it, yeah. It hurts, I thought man. it was. I thought it was. Did uh, that movie did a great job of illustrating that, and they did it without making like a, a like a. Uh, I don't want to say scandalous, but like, like sensationalism. They didn't do any, you know, like, oh, and, and now we, we know he's gay. And it's like, you know, it wasn't, it was very subtle. It was very, it was moving. Yeah. You know who is in that movie that I just absolutely love is Janelle Monet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's in there. Yeah, she's got a new, something new out. Is, is it a, I don't know if it's a film or a series. Yeah, I think it's a series. I know what you're talking about. I think it's a about. series. And I th- oh, you know what? I think it's a, like series two of Homecoming or something. Oh, okay. Did, did you did you watch Homecoming or listen to the podcast Homecoming? Mm-mm. That's that's a fun podcast. Um, I, I liked the podcast actually better than the show, although the show was pretty good. Um, Je- uh, Julia Roberts played the the lead in the in the show, but but Catherine Keener plays the part on the podcast, and she's just fantastic in it. I have the I have the same birthday as Catherine Keener. 
Oh, no kidding. Yeah, no Mar- kidding. I really like her. She's I, really good. Yeah, she's super underrated. Um, mm-hmm. And well, underused. As we're winding down, I want to I want to ask you if we if if we I'm probably I don't mean to speak for you, but if we could all leave the country and go chill in Barbados uh, around November, I think we'd do that, right? Um, Hell yeah! But what does, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it. I have so much going on at that time. I'm moving. I'm, I'm moving to another house. Um, I didn't know that. Like the weekend of Halloween, and so like all of Holy November. Holy crap! That weekend you're moving? Yeah, that weekend. It's gonna be. Oh my god! It's gonna be insane. And also, that's the busiest time at, at my work. That requires mm. all of me, twenty four seven. But what does the rest of this year look like for you? Um, when do you see yourself going back to the theater? I mean, let's be honest. Like it's it's a place where we reset. It's like our church, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's where yeah, we. Yeah, that's the thing I miss most of anything is not going to the theater. Um, uh, full transparency here. I'm I'm not a young spring chick, so I I don't want to put myself out there too much. Yeah. Also. My mother-in-law lives with us, and she's 90, so I don't want to bring anything home that might harm her, you know? Yeah. So it's going to be a long time before I'm back in the theater again, I'm, I have to say. I know people are saying some friends might go, and, and they're like, we were the only ones in the theater. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's bad enough i got to go to the stores and stuff. I just – I don't want to re- – I feel like if, if I brought something home and hurt someone here, I would never be able to forgive myself. I know. You know? Yeah. So – that's that's my answer for that. Uh, that being said, boy, do I miss it. I I miss I miss going. I miss the Alamo pre-shows. You know, um, yeah, I miss all that stuff. I've been watching Master Pancake shows. Are you a Master Pancake fan? The, the Master Pancake guys. I've I've never I've never participated or anything. Oh, dude, you oh, they're so funny. They're so much it. fun. Um, I've been watch I've been watching them for twenty years. Wow, way back when they first started. In fact. They let me propose to Rick at one of their live shows. Man, that's so cool. It was so cool. It was Back to the Future, and I was. they said, we're going to do a, a trivia contest. Who wants to do it? And I raised my hand. Oh, yeah, come on up. The problem was I'd forgotten to like bone up on trivia, so I didn't answer any of the questions right. <laughs> Your mind was somewhere else. My, well, yeah, I was all worried about the proposal. So then John John Erler says, well, we've been asking Jay questions, but Jay has a question for someone in the audience, and that's when I – proposed and it was awesome it was so much fun ah so you're the one yeah. that proposed well, i didn't know that that's awesome yeah yeah well i mean we already knew we were going to get married but i just thought it'd be fun to you know and I, also he didn't know that i had gotten his rings so that was a surprise also it's like oh look we actually have rings wow okay <laughs> that's beautiful man what year was it this? that was uh it was the year it became legal um 2015 i want to say was it five years ago maybe yeah i think it was five years ago um yeah it was the year we came legal and um, we waited a few months because we didn't want to have another anniversary. So yeah. the anniversary of us moving in together is also the anniversary of our wedding, August 12th. Cool. That's the way it should yeah. be. You don't, yeah, need, it's, you don't need two dates. What is that? Dude, we, we can't, I can't keep up with my own birthday, much less you know anniversaries <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's awesome. Um, how are you? How are you managing the podcast right now? You guys are doing it remotely, and yeah, we're doing it, we're doing it remotely. And same. unfortunately, it doesn't sound as good as it did, you know, when I could, because the only way I, I know how the only way I know how to make it sound good is for all of us to be in the same room. And you know, I'm not as um, I'm not as technically gifted as as um, other people, such as yourself, probably with these no. sound things. No. But um, it's it sounds okay, you know. But we're still enjoying it, and um, we're still every two weeks. And um, in fact, I'm going to post one probably this afternoon. Beautiful. So and please- you're going to come uh, be with us in November. Oh yeah, what are we talking about again? 
We're talking about a movie called One Cut of the Dead. Ooh. Which starts out like a really weird zombie movie, but it, it turns into a film about a filmmaker. And that's why I wanted you to join oh. us to, to watch it and talk about it. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Dude, I'm, I'm going to make a movie this year, man, because I'm dying. Oh, man. I'm so excited to hear this. Yeah. This is the first time I've heard you actually say, like, flat out, you're going to do it. I'm going to do it. And you know what inspired me, man, was Run Lolo Run. Oh, I'm so glad. That movie fucked I'm me so up. Glad, man. That was so good. Like, it was one of those. Why did I wait so long to see this? I knew about it. I knew of it. You know, I that knew the movie director. Is fantastic, and I'm so glad you enjoyed it, man. I really thought you would. I just, you know, it's so ingenious. It woke something in me, and, and I'll say something that I haven't really said in public before about this thing that I want to make is Run Lola Run opened my eyes to a sort of sub genre that I don't even know if it would have its own section in. Um, and uh, what was the, the the rental place called? I Love Movies or what's it called? I Love Video. I Love Video. I don't um, know if it would have its own section there, but there is there are these movies that have, and I'm not a big video game person, but they have these video game type qualities where in, in the video game world, when a character dies and you come back, it's called a respawn, right? Uh -huh. That's what it's called. And there are films that, kind of have this quality run lola run being very obvious example another is there's a movie with tom cruise called i think it's called edge of tomorrow yeah the the, the die repeat what is it that live, one die, live die yeah. repeat that's a way better okay. name I, um, should i watch that movie i haven't seen it yet oh hell yeah you should okay i've heard um, it's really good okay it's go so ahead good. i didn't want to interrupt I think it's on am i it's on something it's on one of the streaming okay, I'll, I'll find it but go ahead it's so good and without giving it away like What's strange is, and this is kind of a spoiler, but not really, because it was like in the trailers, but um, Groundhog Day is a genre, essentially. It created a genre. And like it, mo yeah. movies that have that, like Run Lola Run, this sort uh -huh. of respawn kind of, we're stuck in this time loop. Uh -huh. It's a Groundhog Day. Like there's no it other. Is. It's <laughs> a Groundhog Day. There's no other way to call it that. You know, yeah. I, I've heard a lot of people during this pandemic refer to it. I'm in a Groundhog Day kind of thing, right? Happy Death Day. Okay, so someone mentioned that to me. Yeah. Happy it, Death Day is the same thing. I need yeah. to see that. There's a sequel. It has a sequel, right? Happy Death Day to you. Yes, and it's fun too. <laughs> I need to see it. Does it have any there's, names? There, they are so much fun, and the actress in there. I can't think of her name right now, but mm. the, the, the the lead actress is fantastic she's adorable and she's also one of emma stone's roommates in la la land oh okay she's the blonde yeah okay i know who you're thinking of yeah um, and she is fantastic in these movies she's i need so to much see fun. that i need to see that because they're a hoot they're a hoot this genre to me yeah. was very exciting and so i wrote something and oh, it, cool. it was a, it was for the oh, first time the first time in years where i was like oh i have a passion to tell this story because i haven't made a feature film in five years and that seems like a long time, but there's these directors that they have these large gaps in their filmography. I think it's yeah. okay, right? Like yeah. you don't have to be Woody Allen and make two movies a year, and and one one a decade is mentionable, right? Um, yeah. So f in that genre, in that vein, I have something I want to work on for sure. And so uh, hopefully, there's more going on when we record in November. Wouldn't that be nice? Okay. Knives, this is exciting news, man. Yeah. I'm really well, excited. Thanks. thanks, I am and especially too. especially you talking about like the loop thing and I'm like that inspiring you. I'm like, I can't wait to see yeah. what you've come up with. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be interesting. Um 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I hope so anyways, but we'll see. I want people to be protected, like, you know, the actors. Like, I, um, that needs to be okay. Like That's got to be first. Yeah, that's got to come first. Yeah. It comes first, and there's got to be a way to do it where nobody touches anybody. Like, you socially distance, a bit, mm-hmm. a, you know, a, right yeah. now, and that's just got to be a way to do it. But, um, Jay, where can people support your podcast, find you on the internet, and, and stay in touch with you? Uh, we're uh, we're at haveyouseenthisone.com. We, uh, you can email us at haveyouseenthisone at gmail.com. Um, we're, you can get us on uh, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Amazon Prime Music, uh, Spotify, wherever you catch your pods, we're, we're, we're all, all over there. Yeah. So yeah, come see us, come see us. Cause knives comes over sometimes too. So you can listen it's, to him again. It's there. fun. This guy's <laughs> he has one of my favorite podcasts and, and I listen to it, Thanks but so it, it just they makes me a little melancholy because I'm like, ah, I wanted to talk about that, or I wish I had this question. Like, do I text Jay and ask him? But I'm like, don't be a nerd. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, be a nerd, please. Be okay. a nerd. I'm gonna be a nerd. <laughs> All please right, be a nerd. Do not hesitate. And you need to come back more often than we than we've been doing it. It's cool. Think. This thing has this whole pandemic thing has really yeah. slowed down a lot of stuff. But now that we we're doing it, you know, virtually and. There's no excuse for you not to be on more often. So we're going to we're going to work on that. <laughs> I, I appreciate that, buddy. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. I know thanks it's so a much little, for having me. I have so much just, fun talking to you. It's just a good chat, you know, and I really appreciate you, man. Let me know if there's anything I can do for you in the future. And I'm there. You are the best, buddy. I appreciate you so much. I just have to let your listeners know that if it weren't for you, our show would probably not be on iTunes. You would have figured it out. That's how we met. You helped me get our show on iTunes, and I'll never, ever, ever be able to repay you for that. (laughs) Man, real quick story just to kind of highlight that. Um, I had moved to Austin. I already had my family, my kids, and everything, and I was just tired of living where I was from, and so I wanted to go to a place where, you know, art mattered and I had just more Uh opportunity to, to make money and stuff uh, doing what I love. Yeah. Austin. And so the first like 36 hours I was here, I saw your Craigslist ad. I responded and like whatever money you sent me or whatever, I was, that went a long way, man. Holy crap. I did not know this knife. That went, that went a long way. I'm so glad. And I, in the first like two months I was here, I was working as a maid. There's a, there's a business called maids to go. Where oh, I know that. It's all, yeah, it's all I know that show. <laughs> mobile or whatever, and I was cleaning I like rich people's houses. It was whatever mm. until I finally got a job and I started, and you know, I was able to make things work. And now things are good. And so, really early on, like meeting with you was like a sign oh. of good faith from the universe. And oh so man, that's it, awesome! It means more to me than it, it could ever mean to you. And so, thank you for that. I, that that just that's that's so awesome. Thanks, knives. Thank my you pleasure. for sharing that. Thanks for coming on, man. We'll have you on. You, you can come pleasure, on anytime. Sir. I'll be, I'll be glad to. Anytime, I'll be back. Anytime you want me. <laughs> Never ever believe anything you hear. And believe only half of what you see. And always, 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 forever and ever and ever, put a force field around your heart. 